So continuing on from the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, Sri Parikit said, O Mother, instructed in this way, enchanting the holy names of Shiva and Krishna, Narada eagerly went to Shiva Loka. Seeing Lord Shiva, who was wrapped in love for Krishna, was singing and dancing as he worshipped Lord Shankarshan, and he was also praising his followers, headed by Nandeshwara, as they were singing, playing musical instruments, and joyfully calling out, Jaya, Jaya, and who was also praising Goddess Uma as she was expertly playing the kartals. The sage Narada became happy, sounded his vita, vina, and bowed down to offer respect. Again and again, Narada sang, you're the great object of Lord Krishna's mercy. Repeating his father's words, Narada glorified Shiva in a melodious voice. When, eager to touch the dust of Sri Shiva's lotus feet, the sage dear to Krishna approached him, the demigod, intoxicated by the flooding nectar stream of love for Sri Krishna, pulled the sage to him, embraced him, and respectfully said, O son of Brahma, what are you saying? When, by conversing with Narada, the best of Vaishnavas, Shiva, who is the lord of Parvati's life, became plunged in the nectar of transcendental bliss, stopped his ecstatic dancing, retired with a few intimate associates and sat in the Virasana yoga posture on a kusha grass seat. With great devotion, Narada bowed down to offer respect to him and recited many prayers describing his glory as the master of the universe. Then he sang of Lord Krishna's great mercy to Shiva. Covering his ears, Shiva, the best of all Vaishnavas, the preacher of devotion for Lord Vishnu, very angrily said, I have never been the master of the universe, and I am not the object of Lord Krishna's mercy. I always yearn for the mercy of the servants of the servants of Lord Krishna. Sri Parikit said, Bewildered, Narada stopped his prayer of Shiva's identity with Krishna. Thinking himself an offender, he slowly said, Sri Narada said, Lord, in truth, you both understand and preach the great mystery of the glories of Lord Vishnu and his devotees. For this reason, the best of Vaishnavas yearn for your mercy, and Lord Krishna himself is pleased with you and wholeheartedly chants your glories. How many times did Lord Krishna, assuming many different forms, worship you with devotion? How many benedictions did he take from you? Sri Parikit said, Unable to remain peaceful while hearing these words, the embarrassed Shiva suddenly rose from his seat and with both hands covered Narada's mouth. Don't speak this reckless nonsense about me, he said. Struck with wonder, Shiva loudly said, O sage, you should see the inconceivable power and opulence of the Lord of the Supreme Lord's transcendental pastimes. Ah, my Lord is a wonderful deep ocean of transcendental glory. Even though I have many, many times offended him, he does not become averse to me. Sri Parikit said, Filled with bliss, Narada touched Shiva's feet, 
made him sit down and continued his glorification of Shiva, who was always plunged in the nectar of devotion to Lord Krishna. Sri Narada said, You are very dear to the infallible Supreme Personality of Godhead. You have never offended him. In the eyes of the common people, you may seem to have sometimes offended him, but he does not see any offense in you. When a demon named Bana, who was your devotee, who was very proud of the strength of his arms, and who brought many troubles to the saintly devotees, captured and bound Aniruddha with his mystic power, fought with Lord Krishna, the holder of the chakra, was almost dead, and was saved by you, who prayed that his life be spared. Lord Krishna at once stopped killing him, became pleased with him, gave him a form like his own, and made him your personal associate, a state even the demigods cannot attain. When Gargya and other enemies of the Vaishnavas worshipped you with severe austerities, you granted them a clever benediction that proved to be no benediction at all. Even though Chitraketu and many others had offended you, because they took shelter of Lord Krishna, you were not at all angry with them. You desire only the satisfaction of Lord Krishna. You eloquently pray only to remain a pure devotee of Lord Krishna. For this reason, the Supreme Personality of Godhead gave you and Goddess Durga the power to grant the liberation prayed for by Brahma and the demigods. Living as an ascetic, you have a low opinion of all the happiness found in your power and opulence, which is greater than that of Brahma and all the demigods. Who else, filled with ecstatic love for Lord Vishnu and clothed only in the ten directions, would dance as a madman with his wife and friends? Today I have seen the wonderful glory of your intense desire to attain pure devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This desire has made you eternally very dear to Lord Krishna. What more can I say? You are very dear to Lord Krishna, and by your mercy, many others have also become dear to him. By Parvati's mercy also, many have become dear to Lord Krishna. She knows very perfectly the truth about both about you both, Shiva and Krishna. Lord Krishna loves her as if she were his own sister. For this reason, even though you are very renounced and advanced in spiritual life, you have great respect for her. You please her by always chanting the wonderful glories of the Supreme Lord's holy names and pastimes. In this way, you attain the happiness of associating with the pure devotee of Lord Vishnu. Sri Parikat said, O Mother, then Shiva, the best of the Vaishnavas, his head bowed with embarrassment, said to the great devotee Narada. Sri Shiva said, Alas, alas, O completely prideless Narada, who am I, the root of all pride in comparison to your master Krishna? I think that I am the master of the world, the supreme teacher, the omniscient philosopher, liberated, the giver of liberation, a pure devotee of Lord Vishnu, and the giver of pure devotion to others. In this way, I am filled with pride.
when the terrible time for devouring the entire world comes, I am ashamed of my duty to destroy everything in the darkest darkness of ignorance. Narada, if I had received even a small particle of Lord Krishna's mercy, would I have been willing to fight with him over the Parajata flower, over Usha's kidnapping, and over so many other things? Would he worship his own servant? Would the Lord have ordered me, with a philosophy of your own invention, make everyone averse to me? You happily glorify us both as givers of liberation, but the very terrible liberation we give brings p pain to the devotee's ears. O best of Lord Krishna's associates, don't think I am the object of his mercy. Know that the residents of Vaikuntha are the actual objects of his very great mercy. Renouncing everything material as if it were only a clump of grass, with great devotion they worship their beloved Lord Krishna. If all material benefits and yogic perfections come before them, they will not look at them, even from the corner of their eye. They who are free of all pride may go to that realm of Vaikuntha, which is beyond the three modes of the material nature, free of all fear, eternal and full of transcendental knowledge and bliss. Their forms already eternal and full of knowledge and bliss the devotees there do not worship Lord Krishna to attain eternity knowledge, bliss, or opulence equal to his. Happy with devotional service to the Lord, protecting the devotees and preaching devotional service, they travel as they wish. As in the forms of birds, trees, and other creatures, they eternally serve the Supreme Lord in many ways in the realm of Vaikuntha. They seem to mock the souls merged in impersonal liberation. They gaze at the delightful, delightful Supreme Lord Hari, whose lotus feet are massaged by the goddess of fortune. They enjoy blissful pastimes in his company. The great glory of Lord Krishna's mercy is eternally granted to the residents of Vaikuntha Loka. Where else may that mercy be placed? In that place is only a wonderful, blissful, eternal flowing stream of pure love for the Lord and Sankraton and a host of devotional activities. In that place there is not anything other than this. Ah, the happiness of impersonal Brahman does not equal even a small portion of a half a drop of the great wonder that is the glory of that nectar ocean of the bliss of pure devotion. Vaikuntha, its residents, and everything within are the greatest object of the transcendental love and mercy of Lord Krishna's lotus feet. The glory of the opulent residents of Vaikuntha, who are all the objects of Lord Krishna's mercy, is much greater than any glory I may possess. How will it be possible for me to describe their glory? People like myself, should also always bow down to offer respect to they who, although they live in the earthly planets, and although they possess material bodies made of the five elements, are expert in always tasting the nectar mellows of pure devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. They have placed themselves at the lotus feet of Lord Krishna. 
Hoping to attain pure love for Lord Krishna, they have renounced wealth, followers, and the whole sphere of material life. They do not care for material activities or material goals, either in this life or the next. They have crossed to the farther ocean of Varnashram duties based on the circumstances of birth. Because of the power of their pure devotional service to Lord Hari, they are free from the three debts. They have crossed beyond the path of the Vedas, and they are eternally free from all fear. They do not desire anything in this world. They only yearn for the nectar of pure devotional service. They see heaven, hell, and liberation to be the same. In truth, to me, they are as dear as the Supreme Personality of Godhead Himself. I pray that I may, that I may always have their company. Narada, I think that wherever devotees like this live is already Vaikuntha Loka. Of this I have no doubt. Because they drink the nectar of pure devotional service to Lord Krishna, and because they thus forget everything of the material body and the great host of things in relation to it, they have forms of eternity, knowledge, and bliss, even while they stay in bodies made of material elements. They patiently wait for the time when they will enter Vaikuntha to enjoy transcendental pastimes with the Supreme Personality of Godhead Himself. The devotees I have described are all my superiors. They are very dear to Lord Krishna. They are the special object of His mercy. Sri Parvati said, Of these devotees, Lakshmi Devi is the most dear to Lord Hari. She is the queen of Vaikuntha and its residence. By her sidelong glance, one may attain powers and opulences like the demigods who rule the various planets. By her mercy, one may attain perfect knowledge, renunciation, and devotional service. Even though many sages like yourself worship her with great reverence, she ignores you all and chooses her beloved Lord Narayan instead. Even though Narayan is indifferent to her, she worships him and performs severe austerities to please him. She eternally resides on his handsome chest. A faithful wife, she follows her husband in all his incarnations. Sri Parikit said, his heart trembling with great happiness, Narada Muni called out, O husband of Lakshmi, glory to you. O master of Vaikuntha. O Lord Hari, glory to you. O realm of Vaikuntha, glory to you. O residence of Vaikuntha, glory to you. O Lakshmi, O beloved of Lord Krishna, O queen of Vaikuntha, glory to you. Narada rose to go to Vaikuntha and meet Lakshmi. Understanding his plan, Shiva took his hand, stopped him, and said, Sri Shiva said, O sage whose memory is defeated by the wish to meet Lord Krishna's beloved, do you not remember that the Lord now lives in Dwarka, on the earth? Lord Krishna is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead, and Rukmini is the goddess of fortune, Mahalakshmi, whose plenary portions are the consorts of Lord Vamana and the other incarnations of the Lord. 
Rukmini, the original goddess of fortune, eternally resides, eternally serves the two lotus feet of Lord Krishna, the original personality of Godhead. O Brahmana, sit down, and I will whisper a great secret in your ear. Please listen with great faith. Prahlad, whose fame as a great devotee is spread throughout the entire universe, is more dear to Lord Krishna than your father, than me, than Garuda, and all the other devotees, and even the, than the goddess of fortune herself. Have you forgotten the words of the Supreme Personality of Godhead? Do you not remember this verse in the Puranas? O best of the Brahmanas, without saintly persons for whom I am the only destination, I do not desire to enjoy my transcendental bliss and my supreme opulences. Neither I, all the demigods, or even his own transcendental forms are as pleasing to him as his dear devotees. Who can properly glorify the devotees? The Supreme Personality of Godhead himself proclaims that the inconceivably fortunate Prahlad is the most fortunate of all his devotees. When Hiranyakashipu was ripped apart by the Lord, Lakshmi Devi and all of us were able to see directly the imparable, the incomparable good fortune of Prahlad. Although Lord Vishnu wished to give him a host of benedictions, one after another, Prahlad never asked for liberation. He only wished for pure devotional service. I bow down to offer my respects to him. Bali Maharaj jumped over the rules of propriety, disobeyed the order of his spiritual master, and, when as, and was unable to keep his own promise. Did Lord Vishnu become his doorkeeper as a reward for Bali's very insignificant gift? Did the Lord protect the demon Bana because of my prayers? The Lord became Bali's doorkeeper and protected Bana only to please his dear devotee Prahlad. Shall I say any more about this? After all, Lakshmi's friend Parvati is here. Note. Shiva hints that Parvati may become offended if Prahlad is glorified at the expense of her friend Lakshmi. Quickly go now to Sutala Loka. Speak many words of blessing to Prahlad. Embrace him and tell him that I also embrace him again and again. Prahlad, the best of the devotees, will not tolerate our bowing down before him. Also, if you wish to remain happy, do not make the mistake of praising him. Sri Parikit said, After hearing these very wonderful words of Lord Shiva, Narada Muni became eager to see Prahlad. By mystic power, the sage, within a moment, flew to Sutala Loka and entered the city of the Asuras. At that moment, Prahlad, the best of devotees, was sitting in a secluded place, his mind wrapped in loving meditation on the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. When he saw Narada in the distance, Prahlad at once stood up, and when the Brahmana Narada approached him, Prahlad bowed down to offer his respects. Prahlad carefully seated Narada on the throne 
and began to worship him with elaborate ancient ritual. Agitated at heart, Narada suddenly embraced Prahlad, showering many tears of joy and embracing him again and again. Narada said to Prahlad, Sri Narada said, Now after a very long time I am able to see your lordship. Now the great trouble I took to come here has borne its fruit. You are the object of the great mercy of Lord Krishna. Since earliest childhood you have possessed a devotion for Lord Krishna so pure it cannot be seen in any other person. When your own father tried to torture and kill you in a thousand ways, you thwarted all his attempts. By your influence, all the demons have now become devotees. Wrapped in thoughts of Lord Krishna, you appear like a madman, singing, dancing, trembling, and crying. You rescue everyone from the cycle of repeated birth and death. You give them pure devotional service for Lord Vishnu. In this way, you fill them with transcendental bliss. Lord Krishna appeared on the shore of the great ocean, placed you on his lap, and caressed you as a mother. Although Brahma, Shiva, and all the demigods were reciting many prayers, and all the, although the goddess of fortune was worshipping him, he ignored them all. Although frightened Brahma offered prayers from far away, you approached the Lord and fell down before his splendid lotus feet. Lord Nishringa then picked you up, placed his lotus hand on your head, and licked your body. With great eloquence and very wonderful persistence, Brahma and the other demigods repeatedly pray for liberation and entrance into the transcendental realm. When Lord, Lord Hari offered that liberation to you as a gift, you ignored his offer and prayed only for pure devotional service, birth after birth. In order to please your Lord and because of, in your prayers to Lord Nusringa, you prayed for the deliverance of all living entities. You accepted from him the kingdom of your father. That is why you remain here, wrapped in meditation on your Lord. One time as you were going to Nyamishranya forest to see the lotus feet of Lord Narayan, who wears yellow garments, you accidentally met him on the path. He challenged you to a fight, and when he was finally pleased by your strength in battle, he declared, I am always defeated by you. Note, this pastime is narrated in the Vamana Purana. As he spoke these words, Narada became plunged in the nectar ocean of pure devotional service for Lord Hari. Narada, the confidential servant of the Lord, danced and called out, We have defeated him. Sri Narada said, O best of the Vaishnavas, the Supreme Personality of Godhead was defeated by you. What more need I say? It was because of your mercy that Lord Mukunda was defeated by your grandson Bali, the king of the demons, and became a guard standing at Bali's gate. From now on, I shall always stay here. Your power has enabled me to counteract the curses of Daksha and many others. Note, 
Daksha and others cursed Narada always to travel, unable to stay for long at any one place. Sri Parikit said, Unable to bear hearing himself praised, Prahlad lowered his head in embarrassment. He bowed down before Narada and slowly and respectfully said, Sri Prahlad said, O my Lord, my spiritual master, please consider how it was that in my childhood I learned about pure devotion service to Lord Krishna. When a person is instructed by pure devotees of Lord Hari, he naturally becomes glorious. He is never defeated by any obstacles. He has the power to preach the truth of spiritual life even to children. He is compassionate to the suffering conditioned souls and he easily rejects impersonal liberation and all the other material benedictions. The great souls know that these things are not the real signs of Lord Krishna's mercy. O noble one, Lord Krishna's mercy is given only to those who engage in devotional service. I never rendered direct service to the Lord, as Hanuman and many others did. I simply meditated on the Lord when my heart was troubled. You may praise the Lord's affectionately embracing me, but some say that embrace was only a feature of the Lord's illusory potency, and others think it was only a pastime of the Lord. Great souls like yourself may consider the Lord's embracing me as a sign of his genuine love. For myself, I consider it like a dream, or, even if it is true, it is not a sign of the Lord's mercy to me. Saintly persons consider that the wonderful gift of direct devotional service the Lord gave to Hanuman and other devotees to be his real kindness. They do not consider anything else to be the, the display of the Lord's mercy. Lord Nishringa's pastimes were not performed to show mercy to me. They were meant for the protection of the devotee demigods and the deliverance of the Lord's two eternal associates, Jai and Vijay. They were meant to establish the truthfulness of the Lord's of, of the words of Brahma and his sons, the Kumaras. They were meant to show the great glory of pure devotional service. O best of the great saints who have taken a vow of poverty, when the Lord gave me a kingdom, I could understand that he was not merciful to me. The Lord has said, when I desire to show mercy to someone, I take away his material wealth and opulence. The instructions of the great devotees all also bear witness to these words of the Lord. Look at me. I am so absorbed in ruling my kingdom and so much surround my, surrounded by friends, relatives, and servants that I have now completely given up the worship of the Lord. Fie on me, fie! I do not even lament for my own misfortune. If this were not so, if this were not so, then why would I, who am trapped in this world of repeated birth and death, have personally fought with the glorious supreme personality of Godhead at Fisala Tirtha? When I preached the truth of spiritual life, I mingled with many miseducated demons, and by their association, I became infected with a host of dry 
non-devotional theories. Even today, not a single wretched fragment of those false theories has left me. By pure devotion, one attains the mercy of the Lord. What pure devotion do I have? As I meditate on the misdeeds of Bana, I can see the clear signs of my own lack of devotion. I have heard that the Lord bound Bali, imprisoned him, and now stands at the door to prevent his escape. What is his fate now? I do not know. Ravan and others have seen the Lord there as a gatekeeper, and Dravasa has also seen him. From the devotional faith, from devotional faith, the sight of the Lord is obtained. One who yearns to attain the Lord may attain him in any place. He need not travel to the Lord's abode. If the Lord always stays at Bali's gate, then why did I travel so far to Naimishranya to see him? the Lord who wears yellow garments.